This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. And as Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury in the temple and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. And many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. And then he called his disciples and he said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take part of that gospel reading as my text this morning from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 1009. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. The second half of that gospel reading. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, beginning at verse 41. In fact, I want you to look at that again. Mark 12, and beginning at verse 41. And it says, And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. And many rich people put in large amounts. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him, and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And so today we're continuing our annual stewardship series, and this year our subject, simply put, is biblical giving. Biblical giving. Indeed, at Holy Cross, the Bible features large within our common life together, and I expect that most of us would say that the Bible and what it has to say about things really matters. And so what does the Bible have to say about giving and faithful financial stewardship? And assuming that the Bible does have something to say about giving, and it most certainly does, then what would it mean for any of us to become biblical givers? And so that's what we'll be considering uh, again together today. Now last week, as we were looking at 2 Corinthians, we saw that to give biblically is to give generously. And this morning what I want us to notice is that to give biblically is to give sacrificially. Indeed, to give biblically is to give generously, and to give biblically is to give sacrificially. 
And the opposite of sacrificial giving is what we might call surplus giving. Surplus giving. In fact, we have an example of that in our text. And unfortunately, this is how many Christians give. That is, giving what we think that we can spare to give. In fact, it was Francis Chan who wrote this about that. He said, many Christians give money to charity in the church as long as it doesn't impinge upon their chosen standard of living. If they have a little extra and it's easy and safe to give, they do so. And then he adds a rather tongue-in-cheek, after all, God loves a cheerful giver, right? And in our text, we have an example of this surplus giving. Indeed, Mark tells us that, beginning in verse 41, that Jesus sat down opposite the treasury, as he describes it, and watched the people putting money into the offering box. By the way, uh, he's still watching. He watches how we give. But anyway, Mark says that Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. That is that Jesus sat down in the temple in Jerusalem. And in particular in the main court, as it was called at the time, the court of women. Which didn't mean that only women were in that court. It was the largest of the courts. It was the first court that you would go into when you went into the temple precincts, but it was, the, it was the court where the women were allowed, and other, there was different courts, the court of the Gentiles, and so on, and, uh, but this is where there were, in fact, 13 collection boxes, and as they're described in, in, in the ancient documents, there were as a wooden box, and then at the top, sort of a trumpet-like receptacle. So there was large around the mouth and smaller, and then it would go through that smaller hole and into the box. And people would go by and place their coins. And Jesus positioned himself just across where he could see where people were giving at one of these 13 boxes that were spread around the circumference of the, this main court. And Mark tells us that many rich people were putting in large sums. And in verse 44, relative to that, we read, and they were all contributing out of their abundance. That's where they were getting it from, their abundance. That is, they were giving of their surplus. That is, from extra money that they had, extra money that they had above and, and beyond what they would have needed to provide for their basic needs. That is, simply put, they were, they were giving what they, what they really didn't need. <laughs> they were giving what they could spare to give. It was Mother Teresa who said, don't tire of giving, as she was talking to her contributors, contributors. But don't give your leftovers, she said. Give until it hurts. You can just see her little, <laughs> her little form saying that. And it meant something coming from her because what had she given? Well, she had given everything. Don't tire of giving, she said, and, but don't give your leftovers to God. Give until it hurts. Give until you feel the pain, she said. And again, if you give what you don't need, she said, it isn't giving. 
And to give what we don't need is, if you like, what we might call surplus giving. Now, the exact opposite of surplus giving is what Jesus is commending to us in our text, and that is sacrificial giving, the exact opposite of surplus giving, the exact opposite of the way probably most people give. Notice again, verse 41, and Jesus sat down opposite the treasury, opposite this collection box. He watched the people putting money into the offering. They're at their church. <laughs> And they're giving. And Mark says, and many rich people were putting in large sums. Notice all of the relative contrasts in the story. The rich, the poor widow, large gifts, small gift. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people were put, putting in large sums. Verse 42, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a pity. She was a poor woman. That is to say, she was stricken with poverty. She lived in abject poverty. In fact, in a society where most people are poor, when somebody's called poor, they're really poor. <laughs> she wasn't like... The other, she wasn't rich, or even rich like us. Oh, you didn't know you're rich. <laughs> Most Americans don't. In fact, Anley Stanley in his book, How to Be Rich, wrote this. He said, in America, the rich are always other people who have more than we have. Well, I just drive a Lexus. He's got a Bentley. He's rich. In America, the rich are always other people who have more than we have. Very few Americans think of themselves as rich. The rich are always others. In America, nobody is rich, but everyone knows someone who is. Shane Claiborne, in his book, Irresistible Revolution, wrote this, in the United States, or excuse me, the United States, the population of the United States makes up less than 6% of the world's population, but consumes nearly half of the world's resources. The average American consumes as much as 520 Ethiopians. And so Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. And many rich people put in large sums. Verse 42, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, a lepton, as it is in the Greek, or lepta, since the, which is the plural, because she gave two. It's basically a, a lepton is an eighth of a cent. <laughs> And two of them makes a quarter of a cent. Now, now that seems like a really a, a little bit of money because you can't buy anything for a penny. But I'm old enough to remember when you could buy stuff for a penny and the generations before me can remember when you could buy quite a bit for a penny. In fact, my father-in-law who just passed away earlier this year he used to talk about how an ice cream cone cost a nickel. 
But God, I don't, I don't remember the last, left. here's a young guy with the long hair. He's laughing a neck on you, right? But I like, I was like, oh, uh, what, is a, what does an ice cream cone cost? In fact, the, the kids were, Linda, Victoria was in town and her fiance Elijah and Linda, and we went to one of the, what is it, the stone, frosty stone, the cold stone thing, whatever. I said, okay, yeah, everybody, I got the credit card, everybody line up. And they got a table, it was like 40 bucks. I said, what? Where, what do you got for a nickel? I mean, I think maybe in my day, my ice cream cone might have cost a dollar, maybe a dollar 25 or something like that. Maybe, as I recall. It's been some years <laughs> since I bought an ice cream cone. Um, but anyway, so she had this, uh, these two, this lepta, these two lepton, these two little copper coins. And she put it in amongst all these richer people. Verse 43, and Jesus called his disciples. Well, they were just there. He was just saying, hey, pay attention. Look lively, boys. I got something for you to see, and I want to, I want to, I want to des describe it and, 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 and explain it to you. And so Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow woman has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. And here's what he means by that. Because she didn't put in more, did she? Not really. I mean, to, well, she really did, but relatively speaking, they're putting in lots more than uh, a couple of lepton, more than, more than one quarter of one cent. So in terms of the actual dollar value or monetary value of, 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 by comparison of what they were putting in, they were putting in bigger sums of money and she the smaller. But he says she's put in more and in verse 44 we have an explanation of that. For he says, for all contributed out of their abundance, out of their surplus, what they really didn't need. They would give that and that wouldn't change their lifestyle one bit. But she, out of her poverty, by the way, as a pastor, I never tell what we would call poor people, I never tell them not to give. That's up to them and God. In fact, the suggestion here is that um, the poor make better givers with God than the rich. Jesus said, truly I say to you, this poor widow woman has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And so Jesus commends to us this widow. Look here, guys. She's the one. She's the example. She's the hero in this circumstance. She's the one. She's the model to follow. Not because of the amount she gave, but because of the sacrifice she made in giving it. And so I wonder what kind of giving commitment would you need to make in order for your giving 
to be a true sacrifice to God. And I close with words from C.S. Lewis on this same subject. He said, giving is an essential part of Christian morality. You can't be a Christian and not give. As to how much we should give, he says, I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than you can spare. In other words, if, if your expenditure on comforts and luxuries and amusements is up to the standard of those with an income like your own, you're probably giving too little. If our giving does not at all pinch and hamper us, I should say that our giving is too small. There should be things that we would like to do but that we cannot do because our giving won't allow it. And so I wonder what kind of sacrifices you and I might be making to be faithful to God with our finances. Because to give biblically is to give sacrificially. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Let us pray. One of the amazing things, Lord, as we read the Bible is always how you, um, you, 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 not only, you not only always choose the underdog, it's always the underdog that you seem to be rooting for and the, the one that goes unnoticed. And indeed, Lord, Jesus noticed this woman. Who else would have noticed her except maybe that she was a bit of a nuisance? Hurry up, lady! <laughs> I'm trying to give and then I've got some other things I've got to do. But he noticed her. And he noticed everything about her. And saw all that was going on, even, Lord, as you see everything that's going on with us. From whom no secrets are hid. <laughs> and help us to see, Lord, that she's the point. <laughs> she's the one. She's the one living a beautiful life there that maybe most people aren't even noticing, but you notice it's beautiful to you. May our lives be so beautiful because our lives are characterized by generosity and sacrifice as we follow in the way that you live and even in the way that she lived, Lord. This nameless woman who I suppose at the time had no idea that she was being recognized and being used as an example to the Messiah's disciples, even though I suspect she knows all about it now. Help us, Lord, to follow in her way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>